0: Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, 96 degrees in October time. Tennessee Vols back on TMZ time. Rivalry week time. Guys, let's get hype time, whatever time of day it is. It's the right time for the Go balls 24-7 podcast. Got the fun crew in the house. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown, Grant Ramey.
1: The hypest of us is obviously Grant.
0: He's, he's he, always hype. He, he's pretty fired up. Try to contain me. Actually, believe it or not, Ramey was... I, 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 I swear I saw this. He was doing one-arm push-ups just a second ago. That's how excited he was about this thing.
1: I don't know if y'all have ever seen Grant, but he, do, he goes to the gym.
0: It's my normal Wednesday night routine. One-arm push-ups and sups.
1: However, Rick Barnes, not
0: impressed. He walked into this house, he saw the blender bottle, and he just he just got excited. Got to rippy some Rippies, buddy. Get some Rippies, bro. Guys, uh, Tennessee plays Georgia, the third-ranked Georgia Bulldogs on Saturday, and, and we're going to spend a majority... Of this podcast discussing that, and we're going to get to your questions in the third segment, as always, for the Thursday Morning Podcast. But, but first, um, we need to uh, discuss, there's a, a big uh, Memphian elephant in the room uh, at the moment, and, and I'm not talking about Patrick Brown. Uh, I am talking about Jeremy Banks. Uh, we all know that the Tennessee uh, li- linebacker turned running back, turned linebacker, still at linebacker uh missed most of last week's if not all of last week's game at florida with an ankle injury but but we all knew that there was an issue after tennessee's win over chattanooga uh, last month Uh, there was an issue uh, with him he got uh, pulled over about 4 a.m after the game Uh, again he was by all accounts sober nothing in the car so this wasn't a total live pd moment or anything but uh don't you
1: talk about live pd
0: i've watched live pd i don't you don't watch it what, what does that even mean? Keep the train on the tracks, fellas. Train on the tracks. You know what? It's, it's, I just, it's, I'm a, it's barely been three minutes, and you're already being grumpy over there. I, the Braves are just in the playoffs. Out, you just behave over
1: there. I'm just pointing out that great and I are proud, current, live PD watchers. Right. We, like, schedule our Friday... Well...
2: Cans confirms.
1: <laughs> I, I, we schedule our Fridays and Saturday nights around. Like, I'm going to be mad. Like... There's a chance that Grant and I might have Live PD pulled up in the press box if, Ten- if Tennessee Georgia gets out of hand. There's a chance. I'm just saying.
0: Should I pull up my DirecTV app during the wedding I'll be at on, uh, on Friday night and uh, start watching it? It would definitely be better than a wedding. I, <laughs> definitely better than a wedding in Nashville, I too. Freaking hate weddings, and that's where I'll be Friday night. But regardless, we, we know there was the issue. Jeremy Banks got pulled over uh, about 4 a.m. Uh, the incident report said what it said there were there were no substances there anything like that but he did get pulled over uh, and he did get arrested because he had uh, he missed a court date and he from a traffic citation so it was a traffic court date that he missed and, and there was some 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 language in the incident report that that, it, that indicated he was not thrilled about the situation well uh this is 2019 and and uh from the murphy's law school of anything that can go wrong will go wrong for tennessee uh, the the body cam video was released this week and uh, it, it was not pretty. I'm not going to sugarcoat what was in there. There were some things said in there that um, Jeremy Banks is going to have to explain for a long time. Uh, some uh, Anytime you say, even if you're attempting to make a joke, anytime you say something about, you know, I' I'm, I'm from Memphis, we shoot cops. Probably not the right thing to say in that situation. I think we can all agree. He also gave the officer a hard time for missing a turn on the way to the station, apparently. Uh, He had a friend show up to take his car and that friend also had a suspended license. So that, that kind of was live PD-ish what, what happened there. But the bottom line is, fellas, these kinds of things maybe back in the day were different. Now we live in an era where when you are at your worst, there are cameras there to document it and to see it. and, this is not a good look for Tennessee. It's not a good look for Jeremy Banks. It's not a great look for Jeremy Pruitt because Banks had Pruitt called on the speakerphone, and you hear Pruitt kind of exa- exacerbated after he'd been pulled out of bed at 4 o'clock in the morning to deal with this, saying, oh, go ahead, just do your civic duty. I don't know why you have to arrest him, but, but but do it if you have to. So none of that is a good look. As far as we know, there's been no changes with Jeremy Banks' situation. He was out there practicing on Wednesday, and the situation is what it is. Is this... I think all three of us agree it's probably not quite as bad as it looks, but we can all agree it doesn't look good, right?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's some some bad headlines. You never want to end up on TMZ anyway. Uh not, you'd like not a to avoid thing. that if you can. Yeah. Um I mean, I it's it, it, yeah, like I said, I don't think it's a it's not a good look. It's embarrassing for banks. Um you know, you you don't need to act that way. You don't need to say some of the things that he said. Um, I'm not sure why Pruitt is necessarily getting a lot of criticism. I mean, let's uh, let let's call the let, the people that are calling you know calling him out. Let let's call those people at 4 AM and see how they respond with a confusing situation. Correct that, that he apparently thought they had dealt with because there was a citation that was involved. Yes, Pruitt said that on the phone, telling the officer he thought that Banks, a you know, state trooper, had got it taken care of. Uh, there's the warrant that the warrant is the reason that he's had to be arrested it's not necessarily a traffic ticket it wasn't because he made an illegal u-turn it was because he had a warrant because he for failure to appear which when i was 19 i didn't i didn't know that was a thing i wouldn't expect jeremy banks to know that was a thing so i i I imagine he probably was a little angry and confused that that he was being taken to jail for something that he probably thought it was because he did pay a ticket or or because it was a u-turn and so that's probably still no need to act like that but i understand why he Didn't know what was going on and why, and why Pruitt was maybe confused too. And, um, and from Pruitt's case, it kind of looks like he's just trying to stand up for his guy. Um, maybe a little bit.
0: A little bit, yeah. And, 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 and he, he the, the comment he made about how he's been at four places and how he's never dealt with something like this and people knew that, you know, people had always told him Knoxville was different in that way. And, and I got news for y'all. Knoxville is different from a lot of SEC towns in that way. It's always been that way. I don't think that's ever changing. This is a metro area of one million people. This is not a traditional SEC town in terms of small size. You do not sweep things under the rug here. It just doesn't happen. That's but, not that's not how this goes.
2: But what he I mean when when he was asked about that on the coach's teleconference Wednesday, he basically was asked point blank, do you think at other places you've been have players been given a break in that situation and got off on that situation? And he his response uh, was that he that's not what he was implying. He was he kept circling back to uh, the Tennessee State Troopers that went over with Banks, what was going on, I guess, when that citation happened. I don't know who, who issued the citation, Knox County, I guess, uh, but what he kept circling back to is he thought that all whole situation was cleared up. He had no idea that the warrant was there. I think that's what he wanted communicated to him uh, because the warrant was there out for his rest for four or five weeks, and it wasn't dealt with, and I think that's his frustration uh, is that was that, that was somehow missing from this whole situation, the fact that... You know, he had to take care of something, and it wasn't taken care of.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we, we need to – And, let, let, and it, you, it's really you, easy to take some of these things out of context. And, again, I, I can't stress this enough. He was pulled out of bed at 4 o'clock or 4.15 in the morning. So
1: And he even said Wednesday. He was like, I, for the first couple of minutes, I was trying to figure out who I was talking to. Yeah. I, I actually thought his comments on, on the teleconference, we've, we've written them. They're on the site. Go check them out. Um, I thought he was more open about it than I thought he would be. I thought, honestly, he was going to get some questions and he'd be like, "I said my statements. I'm done talking about this." Yeah, you know, they have a pretty big game coming up. But he smart he was, move
0: to talk, I think. But he was
1: he was kind of open about, hey, you know, we thought this was taken care of. You know, it was three a.m. i had just been woken up. I didn't really know what was going on for a minute, um, and, and then whether or not he. Is sort of walking back what he said about this not being a big deal at other places. I, I think we all kind of know what, what he's referencing there, and you, you just touched on it
0: last Yeah, time. and I, it's certainly not the kind of thing he would have made if, if he knew that it was going to be recorded. Now, that doesn't mean it's okay, but I think I'm going to file what he said there under things that are 100% true and 100% should not be said because there's nothing to be gained from it because you're not going to change that situation. That's Listen, the, the, the days of those things are, 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 are over, and... I'll say this too, if any of y'all out there, uh, if you have guys who, if you know a college football coach, let's say maybe you live next door to one or you got friends with one you grew up with, some of the most tired people that you will ever see in your entire life are college football coaches after a game has been played. They have been preparing all week long. They have been bleary eyed. Um, they're they're just surviving on coffee, Red Bull, and whatever else they can get their hands on to, to get through the week and, and keep watching all the film, get the guys ready, and then after the game they kind of crash. You know they they do their media obligations if they have them, then they go home and they are just beat. Well,
1: they got to do some recruiting too. Yeah, after games I mean too. I
0: mean yeah. they're just they're they're exhausted. So I imagine after a game like that, he had gone to bed and he probably hadn't been asleep very long. And Sunday, they can usually sleep in just a, maybe a little bit and get recharged for the week, and it's still a comical low amount of sleep. And I'm not making an excuse here, but what I am saying is that I think that's important to understand the context of what happened there and what he said. And I'll say one more thing, too, is that if you're upset about a Tennessee football player being out at 4 o'clock in the morning on a, uh, on a Sunday morning, I got news for you, uh, don't be naive. Uh, They're college kids. And and they're not just college kids. They have, on Friday nights, right, they're put in a bed check. They're in the hotel. They can't do anything. Throughout the week, you know, a lot of the freshmen have bed checks. They have study halls. They have a lot going on with film study. They have a lot going on with getting, you know, treatment and all these things. When they get to be a human being, I'll tell you, they get to be a human being in the offseason a little bit, and they get Saturday night after the game. That's where they get to go out a little bit and unwind, and if they've got girlfriends, go out with them. That that's when Families they keep, in town. that's when they get to be humans. So they're gonna be out on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and that's how it's always gonna be. And I don't care about that at all. Now they did have practice that day, so that maybe should have changed it a little bit, um, because they were practicing on Sunday that week. Bottom line, here here's what here's what I'm asking here. Is this does this video fundamentally change this situation or is it just something that looks bad and you move on.
2: It doesn't change anything on the field because Pruitt said multiple times since it happened uh, that it's handled internally, and that's that. Uh, Jeremy Banks will be on the field playing football, you know, whenever his time comes. Jeremy Pruitt will still be the head coach. What, what it does change is what you guys have talked about, the optics. It, it gives national media uh, and kind of the people that want to take shots an opportunity to take a shot. I mean, that, that tagline – Of All right, do your civil duty guy or whatever, whatever the quote was. Yeah, do your civil, do do your civil duty, man. The stuff of you have to arrest him just because there's an arrest warrant. I mean, that stuff is going to stick around for a while and and people are going to, I mean, I'm sure Saturday night if things aren't going well. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people making those cracks on Twitter and, you know, all that stuff. If, if that bothers you, and then, yeah, that changes stuff.
0: And it'll be brought up in the second half of the game if, the, if it's a blowout of right. Georgia's but, winning but by a lot, and they'll have to kill time. It doesn't
2: change the fact that Tennessee's 1-3. They're struggling. It's it's all this insane stuff has happened over the first, what, five weeks. It's only October 2nd, and, and we, we've we gone through the Bryce Thompson episode, the Georgia State episode, BYU, uh, and, you know, here, here we are with this... What two, three weeks after the the fact that it happened, all this stuff is, is coming out, and so it changes the optics. It's embarrassing for the football team, for the university, and, and that's that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's embarrassing for 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 banks, and it'll be a punchline. And you made you you made a good point, Grant, that the people that are wanting to take shots, it's easy to take shots at Tennessee right now. They're one and three. They're having very easy target.
0: Very easy target.
1: Um, it's easy to to say this, that, and the other from, you know, from thousands of miles away without really knowing anything about this kid or anything like that. And I'm not saying banks is, you know, should whatever happened in his past Pruitt talked on the phone with the cop saying, he's got nobody. We don't really, really know anything uh, too detailed about his upbringing, but people but, aren't going to consider that. His
0: parents weren't there and yeah, his grandfather raised him. And people, yeah.
1: people aren't going to consider that when they're, when they're making fun of him, you know, when they're, when they're saying, look at this guy, he's, you know, you know, this, that, and the other, and, and you know, coming at him for what he said and, and he you know he's brought that on himself back the what he did. You know, he shouldn't have done that. You don't need to make you know, you don't need to threaten police officers like that for doing their job. I mean that, that's that's what that's what those officers were doing. I mean they they you know maybe you know if you want to argue should he be pulling guys over pulling a U-turn at four A. M. on a campus, that's okay. If you want to argue that that's fine. But Well
0: you might think when, that you might think that guy's drunk or something. That's true. If he's doing something it's like true.
1: That. Yeah, no and that's a that's a good point, Wes. But you know when when you run the guy's license and you find out that he's got warrants hate to bring up live pd but it happens all the time on that show it seems like everybody on that show is what's the, what
0: was it green county missouri you say where no one ever has a driver's license yes,
1: like well it's really any anybody on that show there's a lot of traffic stops that people don't have licenses they don't have they have a suspended license they have warrants sometimes there's passengers that have warrants because when you get pulled over they run True. They run ids and all True. this stuff and they don't really have a choice and, and a lot of times those officers don't even really have a lot Of the information about those warrants, they just say, Hey, he's a warrant, you have to take them in. That's just how it works, yeah. And that's part I, of the confusion I think Pruitt had too. That's their he was job. asking, Pruitt was asking which citation or what traffic ticket was because he probably thought it was taken care of, and, and the guy couldn't tell him because he didn't know because they don't have that information. So, um, but uh, for, for banks, you know, he's I don't think he's gonna miss any time. Um, the conspiracy theorist in me thought that you know, uh, maybe the, the ankle injury that he suffered that kept him out of the Florida game. Maybe that was a super secret suspension, but he was really limping and really kind of gimpy in practice last week. So I don't, I don't know that that's a, that, a, that elaborate of a ruse. Yeah. And, and I think if um, you were going
0: to suspend him, you would want to broadcast that because you're saying you're suspend, you're saying that there are, you know, you're showing that there yes. are, are, is discipline in the yeah. program. And so, so, yeah.
1: And, 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 you know, Pruitt's come out and, and kind of condemned what, what Banks did on the, on the video. And, and, and again, he's probably, okay, he probably didn't know that all this was, he thought it was probably just him and himself. I mean, he he probably didn't think this would ever see the light of day other than the people that were there. So, uh, but it's, it's embarrassing for him and it's embarrassing for program, but I think, I think, Pruitt and Banks, everybody, I think they're all ready to kind of move on with this. Dude dude
0: was also probably a little feeling good about himself after intercepting two passes in the game, too, so he was probably a little bit like, bro, what are you you pulling me over for You you want to go over
2: the three lessons we've learned from Live PD over the last few months? Yes. Number one, if you know you have a a headlight out and you get pulled over, the best solution is to run. Yes. Uh, Either foot pursuit or car chase. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two,
1: um, if you're going to carry a crack pipe in your car... Well, no, it- no,
2: whoa, whoa. Don't spoil alert my number three. Number two... Uh, you've spoiled alert... If, don't take your license ever. Yeah, ever. Just regardless. Leave it home. You don't need it. Uh, number three, if you've got a crack pipe, the last place the cops look is the center console. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't want to try to hide a little See,
1: bit? Have
0: you never watched Bond? Come on, man. There's places to put stuff. Every time, it's right there in the cup holder.
1: If you watch, if you watch this show... Two weekends you will you will come to the conclusion that everyone falls into three categories either they do not have a license at all mm-hmm. or with them uh, they either have warrants for yes. sometimes more severe things than others uh, or that they all have drugs in the car and that they will, those said drugs will be found because usually as Grant said they're in the certain console well uh, grant gave or the it, paraphernalia which is a great word
0: yes it is a great word Grant said that he also had the best uh, you know description of it that it is the NFL red zone but with cops. And yeah, that, and that's a rush. And, and it's, yeah, it, it's it, <laughs> the only it's, problem is they can't quad box it. <laughs> yes, that would be fantastic. I, I will say this before we move to break. I, I think that I, I have a bigger problem with Banks actions after the arrest than I do with the situation that led to the arrest. Uh, I'm speaking only for myself here. I don't care that he was out at four o'clock. Uh, it's Sunday morning, late Saturday night. He wasn't drunk. He wasn't high. He he was. He just probably had there, no
1: idea that he had a warrant.
0: Probably out there doing that stuff. That, and, and there are degrees of wrong. And having a traffic citation and you forgetting to go to your traffic court date when you're a kid. I, I, I don't. There are degrees of wrong. And that to me is not even close to one of the worst things I've ever heard. Uh, I'm not condoning it. It was stupid. He should have handled it better. But. I, the problem here is the way that that he acted when when he got pulled over and, and that's something that you know uh, credit the officer they didn't they seem to be professional throughout the entire thing you know that thank god for that but uh, especially after some of the comments you you just glad that he that he that he took it in stride and, and you hope this is something that the kid learns from because because there are people in the program and i'll say this before we go to break there are people in that program who love jeremy banks they absolutely love that kid and uh, I was talking to one person in the program earlier this week, and he was just shaking his head and saying I, that I've, I I would not have thought he would, he would do that. I like the kid. So it is what it is. They've moved on. I don't think uh, there's going to be much more to this. But you know what this does do? This makes everything else. It's like we talk about a coach having a honeymoon period, a goodwill when he gets into a program. Tennessee has spent the past five weeks basically withdrawing from that goodwill bank. And it, it it may not be empty, but it's getting closer. And everything they do now is going to be magnified a lot more, and there's going to be more pressure put on it. And, and I'll say this now, Jeremy Pruitt, um, welcome to Knoxville. Uh, we've seen this with the past few coaches. They get to one of those points where things get tough, things off the field get tough, things on the field get tough. People are talking about the, you need to be fired and all these other things. This is where we start seeing – just kind of what this guy's character is because he's about to be tested over the next month because it's probably going to be ugly and it's going to be a lot of pressure on him. I think, any, any disagreement there?
2: Good luck. No, I mean, I think the honeymoon ended after Georgia State, but I get your point.
0: That's fair enough. Now, you know what? Uh, Grant agreed with me. That'll be the first time that, that happens uh, in this episode and the last time. This just in
1: so, Grant has changed his mind.
0: So we'll take advantage of that opportunity right now. We'll go to break. we gonna pay some bills. Get some product, services, and house ads. All those other things, and we will be right back in just one second. Hashtag ad.
1: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
0: welcome back to the go 24 7 podcast brought to you by whatever products and services and ads you just heard during that commercial break uh fellas we've talked about we've gotten the the live pd out of the way for now uh let's get to uh, let's not go that far uh, we the, the live PD as it relates to Tennessee football. We've gotten that portion of the podcast out of the way. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's get down to the fun stuff. Let's get down to football. I say fun stuff. We'll see how fun it is. Tennessee hosts number three, Georgia, on Saturday night at Neyland Stadium, 7 p.m. Eastern kickoff. You can watch that on ESPN if you can't make it to the stadium. And if you want to know a lot more about Georgia, uh, I suggest you go back to the podcast immediately before this one uh, that was in the podcast feed. That's uh, a dual podcast we did with um, myself and with Jake Rowe, who does a great job covering Georgia for our our Dogs twenty four seven site. They cover Georgia. Good stuff there. You can find uh, Jake at uh, Rowe twenty four seven on Twitter, uh, R O W E, not like Row the boat like row with an E on the end of it. You can go find him there. And uh, he also did a better, the Better Know a Foe segment with us this week on the site. Always have a good time with with Jake and Rusty and all those guys at Docs 24-7. They're good dudes, uh, so I suggest you go back and look at that. Are, are,
1: I know Jake, Jake's coming up, right?
0: Yeah, I think Rusty is too, but I know Jake is.
1: Rusty, it'll be good to see Rusty.
0: And, and Jake told me during the podcast that there's a certain hotel he stays at in Knoxville uh, every time he goes because he really likes the chocolate chip cookies there. And I was like... That's the most Jake Rowe thing I possibly could have heard right now. So, uh, And if you've never heard, you should really go to listen to the podcast to hear his voice. He and Rusty have the best accents of anybody in our network. They're, they're very Georgia accents. Yeah, yeah, and and I recognize that twang in Rowe's voice. He's a South Georgia guy, and i got family down there. <laughs> you notice that twang when you hear it. On to the football. Tennessee hosts Georgia. And uh, in case you haven't watched Georgia much this year, guys, bad news if you're a Tennessee fan. They're really good. They've been stacking elite recruiting classes on top of elite recruiting classes. Um, it seems to me that uh, with Kirby Smart at the helm, that program is finally kind of becoming what it should always have been, which is an elite program nationally. Um, and then they got to they gotta get over that Clemson and Bama hump. They're, they're as close to anybody. Uh, Closest anybody to that, but but they they got they got to get over it. Um, but
1: Tennessee still has a more recent national title than Georgia. Let's let's get that out of the way.
0: Oh, that's very true. There's no question about it. But this is a program with 800 plus wins. You know, this is a program that if it beats Tennessee on Saturday, will have a winning record in the series over Tennessee, which not a lot of people can claim. Um, so it's a good program. But but with Kirby Smart there, they've they've taken things to the next level, which is what they really really wanted and needed to do. Uh, this is a good team. This is a team that's got a quarterback, Jake Fromm, who. Basically, in the past two years, has caused two potential future first-round draft picks to transfer out of the program. So right away, you know that dude at quarterback, he's pretty good. They got a big offensive line, averages six foot five and three hundred and thirty pounds across the board. But what's their age?
1: What's their combined? What's their average? I'm age?
0: sure that's going to come later. You know, it's going to come in the question segment. I know it is, and I still don't know the answer to that. So we'll have to we'll have to look into that. But they've got maybe at wide receiver, they're not quite elite there, certainly compared to Bama and Clemson, but they're they're really good. Uh, and they've got a running back, DeAndre Swift, who's one of the best running backs in college football. And then on defense, uh, you got a bunch of five stars and four stars there, a bunch of really good football players uh, and a really good defensive coach. So that's the task in front of Tennessee this weekend. Here's the question, right now, fellas. Here's what we got to kick around the the water cooler. What does Tennessee have to do to make this a competitive game? Oh boy, uh,
1: they have to be at least plus two better than Georgia in the turnover margin. Okay. If 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 Tennessee's defense could pick up one of those intercept one of those turnovers and score on their own, that probably help. Um, other than that, though, I think that's you know, maybe get a be a big play on special teams. Uh, and, you know, I, I think Tennessee coming out of its open date will – I think they'll play fired up. I think they'll have a good plan. Uh, Pruitt and these guys uh, and Cheney and these guys, they know this team. They know Georgia very well. Yep. Yes, they'll they have a good plan. Um, they will have worked on it for more than a week. Um, but at some point – uh, the 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 gap in talent is going to tell, uh, and, and the gap in
0: like other we saw places. in the fourth quarter last year, the
1: the gap on the, along the lines of scrimmage between these two programs, and the gap at quarterback between these two programs. Those all those things are going to tell, um, and it could be a situation where Tennessee's defense plays well enough to hang in there for two and a half, three quarters, and then and then it just kind of like the, then it kind of breaks.
0: So basically you're saying get up early while you can. If you if you, if you you can get up early, do it because put some pressure on them because it might start to turn in the even, second Even
2: half. if you don't get up early, just keep the crowd in it for a minute. I mean, how many big kind of big-name home games in the past has just been a disastrous start and the crowd's been sucked out of it Yeah, right away? And as soon as that happens, it's just like, you know, here they go again. I mean – And they got to figure out something. A quarterback, obviously, uh, who's going to start, who's going to get the majority of snaps, how well can that person play, uh, how many quarterbacks do they play, what's the rotation look like. Uh, You better control the ball a little bit on offense. If you leave their offense on the field a lot and your defense on the field a lot, uh, that talent gap is going to show itself pretty quickly. Um, Better make some plays, uh, get after Jake Fromm, kind of like Daryl Taylor did last year. Uh, If you strip sack him on third and nine, you better not let whoever – uh, is the new tight end pick it up and the, run 31 the, yards the new for a Nata. touchdown.
0: The new NADA. The new Isaac NADA. E- e- Eli Wolf might well, be the new NADA. If Eli Nata. Wolf does it, oh, man, that would be the most Tennessee thing that could ever happen.
1: If he catches two touchdowns in this you game. Know. Which means it's probably going to happen.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the, the turnover point to me is, is really interesting. and And I think that what's also interesting is that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't really let the cat out of the bag very often, but he sort of let the cat out of the bag Wednesday when talking about special teams, saying that Bryce Thompson sounds like he's going to be the punt returner now and that he was going to be the punt returner going into the season, which is interesting because Callaway is pretty solid there. I, w- I don't know if he's great, but he's pretty good there. He's had some big plays. and um, But he wants Bryce Thompson in there, and I think that's because we've all seen that Bryce Thompson is a really dangerous player with the ball in his hands. He's a guy who can 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 do some things. So they're trying to basically get any – advantage they can they're trying to get anything they can anywhere they can and, and so maybe they think hey if that difference gets you a special team score here and there that that could be big I think the start to this game is huge and and I'm going to tell you something else this is where I mentioned this a little bit in the Florida game and I think it's the same thing in this game everyone talks about third downs and how you need to be good on third down that is very true but if you're Tennessee you absolutely have to keep your third down distance as short as possible Because whoever's at quarterback, whether it's Garantano, whether it's Maurer, whatever it is, if they're sitting there in third and long against this defense, they are in trouble. They have got to be good on first and second down. They've got to mix it up. Uh, When little things are there, do little things right. Do the very, very simple things right. When you have a guy open... Put the ball on him. When you have a hole, run through it. Uh, when you have a guy in front of you, tackle him. They have to do those little things on both sides of the ball because every little thing, every little mistake you make will be magnified. Because if you look at the recruiting rankings, it, it, it's not a fluke. I mean, Georgia's roster is is stacked. I don't know if it's quite yet at the level that Bama and, and Clemson are at right now, um, but it's right there behind them. It's close. And you don't want to go out there and play afraid. Because in one way you have nothing to lose in this game, and if you're Tennessee, that is something that should excite you. You've got a team. A lot of these guys know these Georgia players. It seems like half of Tennessee's rosters from Georgia. Some years, they, these guys know each other. They're not intimidated by this game. They're not scared of those guys, and they showed last year that they'll they'll go out there out out there toe to toe and they'll play with these guys. Now, at some point in the second half, it might just get ugly. But if they start well and give themselves a chance, there's going to be a bunch of Georgia fans there. But it's Nealand at night, fellas.
2: Haven't we mentioned this or discussed this in past years, why Tennessee struggles so much with Florida, both mentally and physically, uh, in those September games? And then two weeks later, they turn around and play a Georgia team that's usually better than that Florida team they Mm -hmm. just played. And for some reason, they they handle it a lot. I mean, there's been some crazy Georgia games over the years, and some of those Tennessee teams obviously were – uh, much more talented than this one, and, and maybe more talented than Georgia in those meetings, but they just handle the Georgia game so much better. Uh, it doesn't make sense because Georgia has been the team. Uh, if you're wanting to win the East, basically, you you think you're going through Georgia most of the years uh, over the past, you know, that past handful of years. Uh, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I think that. It, it, and and it, it'll be hard for this game to live up to the drama at all. Of, yeah, because the last, you know. Yeah how many in the last six eight years of this game this series has been wild but, but Tennessee you, you get and South what I'm Carolina
0: saying. yeah Tennessee ten, the, the Tennessee Georgia games and the Tennessee South Carolina games are often better than they should be either way uh, and, and what's interesting is as you said Grant they, they Tennessee historically is intimidated by Florida when it shouldn't be and it's not intimidated by Georgia when it probably should be it and wasn't
1: intimidated last
0: year no, it wasn't. And what happened in that game was Tennessee kind of went toe to toe, and then the dam burst in the fourth quarter. Now, if if you're a Georgia fan and if you're in that Georgia program, you're probably saying, "Well, duh, Georgia woke up and then did what it needed to do," and you're it you're was, probably not wrong.
1: It was yeah. They're saying it was twenty four nothing. Georgia pulled off the off the gas, and then Tennessee picked up a couple scores. And then yeah. you know the the fi- Georgia would say that the final margin, uh, which is twenty six points, they they would say that was accurate. Tennessee will say, well, it was a close game," you know. Couple of, you know, they had a couple of third downs and on the fourth, you know, in the fourth quarter. Just couldn't get where, off the field. Yeah, they couldn't get off the field. Where if you do get off the field, you have a chance to get the ball back down two scores. I always say that you're in a game if you are one one play from being one play away. So if you're within two scores, it's a game, it's competitive. Yes. Um, but Tennessee had to work to get to that point and they just kept playing last season. Uh, They were really kind of unlucky in that game because I think Georgia fumbled four times.
0: And recovered one and returned it for a touchdown. Well, they recovered all of them, but then, yes, one one of them
1: did turn into a touchdown.
0: And I think that this is, if you're Tennessee, you can't let DeAndre Swift kill you you got to make somebody else do it. Now, they have other guys that can do it. Brian Heron has done this to Tennessee a couple times already in his career. That that dude's a career backup running back who has had a couple of really, really good games against Tennessee. And you know what? If Fromm sits back there in the pocket and completes 60 and 70-yard passes, whatever, stuff like that, make them do that. Don't let them just hand the ball off and roll over you. Now, this is the team that leads the SEC in rushing, better than Alabama at that. Of course, Bama Probably just likes to throw it a lot because it has two and all those receivers. But this is a very, very good team, but you can't let them beat you with their best guy. Go out there and make, stack the box, be aggressive, make, and, and you say make from beat you. He can do that, but make him do it because don't just let DeAndre Swift get nine, 10 yards of carry and crush you
1: yeah and i think that has to be the the concern for for tennessee's defense in this game is that you can scheme everything up all you want it doesn't matter because georgia at the end of the day they have a huge offensive line those guys are physical nasty they play with an attitude Um, that's been that's been the biggest change i've seen in that program just from a distance is uh, they have established an identity of what they are on offense and they play to it and that's uh, and that starts up front with those those guys. Pruitt named I think all seven of the guys that are in their rotation just named them off on, on Wednesday night. It's
0: <laughs> probably like I wanted all of them didn't get any. <laughs> yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. And so um, your concern is that, uh, and I think Tennessee def- Tennessee's defensive line has played okay. Um, you know they, they were good for a large stretch of the BYU game. Better and than sort I thought they wore it would down. Play. They were better and against the you know against Florida they were okay and then they kind of wore down um, towards the end of that game. Uh, and you're just worried that they'll wear down again, or that they'll wear down earlier, or that they'll give up more big plays than maybe they did in, in those two other games I just mentioned. And so, uh, and that can take away anything you try to do because I, I think your best bet is to try to keep Georgia from running the ball on you and and make some of these wide receivers make plays. It, it seems like um,
0: if they have Georgia's a hold, got some Georgia's if, got if some they have a hold, it's there.
1: Georgia's got some good guys on the edge. I don't know that they have like a bunch of AJ Greens out there. They certainly don't have what Alabama and Clemson have. That's probably the biggest difference between those three mm-hmm. rosters right yeah. now.
0: And guys like um, guys like Pickens are incredible. Yeah, talents. I mean they, they you know Pickens
1: and Dominic Blaylock, another guy I think it was a five star. Um, Tyler Simmons is one of maybe one of their regular guys. Demetrius Robertson may maybe hurt. Uh, Lawrence Cager's a grad transfer from Miami. He's a guy that I think caught a touchdown against Notre Dame. So. Uh, he's a big guy that could be a jump ball kind of guy. But I think you have to try to, to make them throw the ball to beat you. That way they can't just slowly squeeze the life out of you by running the ball five, six, seven yards, hit a 10-yarder every now and then and just kind of just give you a slow, painful death that way. But the problem is, and another thing that the Pruitt said that really interested me on Wednesday night when he said he's gone up against Jake Fromm twice, and he he's like, we've maybe fooled him twice in two full games. And so... um that 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 that's a uh, he's very complimentary of From, which makes me wonder if, if they would really gear their game plan towards making him beat you, but I to me just on paper I don't you know I think that's what you have to try to do to keep them from just running the ball at will on you.
0: It's the best of the least desirable options, I think. You know, it, it's maybe the 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 least bitter of the bitter pills, because it, it, if if Georgia just sits there and can go student body right and student body left, and it can sit there and just kind of squeeze it out of you, like you said, then that that takes the crowd out of it. That gets everybody kind of frustrated. Uh, And and if you've seen this, when teams can just line up and run the ball whenever they want, it just completely demoralizes the other side. And if you're Tennessee, you have to play with energy right now. I will say one one other thing about this. Um, And and this is, if you want to look at this from a glass-half-full standpoint, I think you can look at it from this way. Tennessee's quarterback play, and I mean this completely could not possibly probably have been worse. I don't think that it could have been much worse than it's been so far this season. However, with that said, if Tennessee figures out something at the quarterback spot, then here's what is waiting around that quarterback, an offensive line that's starting to play better football and has three, five stars in its starting lineup, several multiple wide receivers who I think will play in the NFL, a tight end who I think will play at the next level, Two dangerous running backs. All of that is waiting for Tennessee's quarterback, whoever that is, to emerge and play good football. If the quarterback will step up and do that, there are enough pieces on this offense and there is enough intelligence and acumen on that coaching staff from Chaney on down. they They can make plays to hurt you. But all that depends on the quarterback playing well. And that is a huge question. That is something that that quarter, that position gets too much praise. It gets too much blame. I understand all that. That's it's common It's All the same, same. Butch yeah. Jones. Praise and blame, it's all the same. Ugh. Hey, Butch. Ugh. Ugh. Butch Rucker. You just really upset me right there. Wes Jones. But if... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start trying purple now uh, out of anger, just like he did. <laughs> if... I have a back pocket list right now.
1: Hey, did you hear he's going to get the Rutgers job? Just kidding. We don't know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 take Garantano with him. Yeah, I don't know. National there.
1: national media favorite Greg Schiano might get the job.
0: Yeah, man, that guy. That guy's got evidence on people, man. He's got like a file or something. It's unreal. But but here is here's my point on that. If the quarterback position at Tennessee starts performing, then the rest of the offense is ready to go out there and play good football. Because Pruitt said the offensive line has not played better in his first two years than it did against Florida. And that I, shows you I've, how bad the quarterback I, I, play was. I think
1: that was uh, – I think that might have been an indictment on his offensive line too.
0: Probably was, but I hey, think – Hey, their
1: best game, they scored three points.
0: Well, you know, because last last year Garantano stepped up and had a couple good games despite getting killed out there. So these things ebb and flow, that that's the nature of these things. But, I mean, am I crazy there in saying that if Tennessee gets – at least adequate play out of the quarterback position, there are enough pieces on that offense to cause just about anyone some problems. I mean, if you can get the ball downfield to guys like Jennings, Callaway, Palmer, Wood Anderson, those are big, strong, physical guys. They'll make plays. If you get Ty Chandler the ball in space, he can make people miss. If you get the ball to Eric Gray, he can do some things with it. They've got pieces there. Am am I crazy here?
2: No, you're not. I just I don't know when that's going to happen.
0: Well, yeah. And, and, and saying, the,
2: the, the baseline here is so low right now. Just show progress. I mean, that would that would go don't, so...
1: Don't throw the ball to the other team.
2: <laughs> right. Just show progress. I mean, regardless of what happens against Georgia, uh, very small chance you're going to actually win this football game. It's kind of more like, how are you going to lose this football game? Show progress. Don't get beat at the quarterback position. Don't get beat by uh, losing the turnover margin. Uh, like the head coach has preached since literally the first day of fall camp, if if you're going to win the turnover margin, you have a lot of uh, a much greater chance, percentage chance to win the game. You know, based on statistics. But I mean, just look ahead to you have a noon game against Mississippi State at home the week after Georgia. Just make some progress towards that, uh, and maybe you can leave this this uh, this game kind of moving forward in a in a better direction.
0: So, I, I mean. I- I'm, I'm sitting here, it's funny because I'm sitting here trying to say, you know what, if this thing goes well, then then maybe it'll be okay. But but then, you know, you go, well, it, pr- it probably won't be this week because here's the problem. Tennessee's put itself, Tennessee has squandered the chances that it did have in order to, to have a good start and, and to get some success and to get some goodwill built up because we all knew when we saw this three-week kind of stretch here, this month stretch, what could happen. Now, the problem is, you can't go back and fix what you did before because right now you're in the part where no matter what you do, it might not be enough. And that, that sucks, but that that's the bed they've made. However, I will continue to say we have seen, if you have seen somebody do something before, you know they have the ability to do it again. We have seen Jared Garantano play winning football at Tennessee. We've not seen it a lot, but we've seen it. It's there. It has the, it has potential to happen. And if it does, this the the whole topic or the whole tenor of this season could change. Or if someone like Maurer steps in there and gives you some juice, that changes this whole thing.
2: I mean, just winning a football game is going to change the conversation a ton. Because, I mean, the, the one good thing about this stretch, uh, Mississippi State looks a whole lot more human than they did uh, when you looked at the schedule in the preseason. And when you look at South Carolina right now, they look a lot more human uh, than maybe what you thought they were going to be in the preseason obviously injuries, and their schedule is brutal injuries affect both teams and and their schedule's brutal and they're struggling just like Tennessee's struggling i mean you've heard the stuff most champs been saying they did get off the uh, mat last week though right and and that, that's what tennessee has to do. if they could just get off the mat if they could win an sec game in october uh, like i said the baseline is so low that if something like that happens uh, it changes the conversation and and realistically this team obviously we've talked about it 100 times they should be 3 and 1 right now uh, and and moving forward, they're not. This is where they are, uh, and it's gross.
0: <laughs> and on sum that, sum it up on that optimistic note. We're going to go ahead and toss it to break. We're going to come back. We're going to get to your questions, as we always do, try to always do on the Thursday morning podcast. And we will uh, we'll see where this goes. Probably not to the most positive territory, but uh, we'll 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 see what we'll see what comes of it. Hashtag ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the GoVols twenty four seven podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, ads you just heard during that commercial break. As always, uh, Thursday morning time to go to the mailbag. We we submit questions to uh, the first priority goes to people on the GoVols twenty four seven checkerboard because they are the members of the greatest site in the history of Al Gore's internets. Uh, but. If there's not enough, we sometimes go to social media. First one, you can set your watch by it. Haynes 62 did this again. Very first question. I
1: even, I even set you up for this earlier.
0: Georgia Bulldogs average age offensive line. Old. I can tell you that their average size is six foot five and two hundred and twenty eight point six pounds, three hundred and twenty eight point six pounds. Their so. average size is your standard French door refrigerator. Basically, yeah. Have you ever seen like hey, we we bought a French
1: door refrigerator? No, no yeah. I
0: own one. That's how I know how big it is. Do any of y'all have a shed in your backyard? The average offensive lineman for Georgia is approximately the size of your backyard shed.
2: Yeah, now you're getting in the weeds because there's a lot of variations on shed sizes.
0: Not everyone has
1: murder sheds in their backyard like you do.
0: You yeah, but, it's, but like it's a, a
2: big murder shed. shed. You can have uh, a big two door unit. I mean, and, and the joke behind that a guest is house. The guest joke house, behind house, that is house.
0: that is that in this very very old house, this 19th century house that was built by General Custer. <laughs> It, it's uh it's destroyed point, by uh, never mind at some point at some point there's probably we been a murder. time for that it, when you go look at the basement or the, the the shed in the backyard you you come to a pretty quick conclusion at some point somebody's been murdered here There, there there's no question uh we'll go to the next question here uh question from Polly rules what can tennessee do in this game to show marked marked improvement
1: just don't get obliterated like don't be down like 35 nothing at halftime
0: don't do what you did against florida
2: Don't throw it, stand up and throw it straight to a cornerback. I mean, just show, like we talked about in the last segment, just show a little bit of
0: progress. When simple plays are there to be made, make the simple plays.
2: Don't, yeah, don't make the comedy of errors that that everybody seems to have fun with on Saturdays on Twitter.com when when Tennessee's playing a football game.
0: Ooh, here's a good one from Polly Rules What is or was your favorite flavor of Kool Aid?
2: Uh, I don't have a favorite flavor because every uh, m- my dad was the dad that would go to football practice and sit there and watch, and he would he would take a uh, he would make some concoction of Kool Aid mixing flavors, uh, and to this day I don't know what the flavors ex- were that he mixed. That so explains some things about it you. Team, but it was great. He's a
0: mixologist.
2: I, I had teammates that would come and try to siphon uh, off some of this this blend.
0: Maybe, I, maybe orange. I'm gonna go with or grape. Uh, one of those two. I, I'm going with grape or cherry. Those are my those are my go-to kool-aid flavors back in the day and when you go to chandler's deli uh here in knoxville and you see what kind of what kind of hashtag ad what kind of hashtag ad brought the go 247 24 7 podcast brought to you by uh brought to you by the good people at chandler's sandwich deli. meats when you get there uh you, you never know what kind of Sandos. you never know what kool-aid flavor is going to be in there if it's purple or red i'm usually pretty happy the blue one's also not bad but i'm going to go with grape on to the next question chandler we're getting there uh here is ooh, another question from Polly rules why is a space bar so ridiculously large on a keyboard
2: because you gotta be able to hit with both phones
1: boom oh. next we're done
0: man i can't believe i answered that <laughs> you're just you're just full of attitude i just thought right of that now. on my on the spot got a question from titan blue go Valls. uh would it help at all to have t martin on the sidelines to help communicate from the field to jim chaney
1: uh i i don't know I don't know. I I don't don't know. The communication is the biggest problem of this offense right now.
2: No, I don't think. No, I don't. I don't know what. I think they they know what their strengths are and where they need to be in terms of uh, communicating and what they're seeing and 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 go from there.
1: And you don't really need, you know, you got a lot of veterans at wide receiver, so you don't necessarily need a position coach down there to. Help those guys out. They've seen a lot, of, a lot of football in their day.
0: Question from Vol for Life94. First off, he said, Fellas, we need a basketball podcast. And uh, that's true, but I'm going to give you a, a quick heads up here. Media Day is next week, and so that may or may not have factored into our decision to to push that back away. Spoiler, week. it didn't. Uh, how do you know?
2: I'm just out here.
1: Here's
0: here's a quick basketball podcast
2: in 30 seconds. Uh, it's a huge, huge visit weekend, official visit for Tennessee. Yes, uh, it is. Five-star Jaden Springer will be in town for his official visit. Uh, and he'll be joined by the two Tennessee commitments: five-star Keon Johnson and four-star Corey Walker. Uh, and there's an, there's another pretty big name, 2022 unofficial visit that uh, we're trying to kind of track down right now for the weekend. Uh, so it's huge. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. And it's uh, the Friday night. Uh, Friday night is the Rocky Top tip-off stuff at Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, obviously, that's part of the reason that Jane Springer's in town for this.
0: Where you'll probably see Eve Ponds, uh take right, off, take it's, it's off from section, double, uh, from section double from section double X and throw one down.
2: It's get an autograph night and watch kind of a quasi dunk contest. So it's it's fun.
0: And, and he he had another question here, Grant. Uh, this one maybe you can do this in thirty seconds, maybe not. Uh, I'll try to help. Who are do a lot in thirty seconds? Yeah, it's true. That's true. We could keep that's going. Very true. Who are some new players that uh, Tennessee should have to make a big contribution besides Josiah James and the seven foot two transfer? Who well, are the Euros well first they
2: got to get Euros uh, eligible. Euros. That that's not happened yet. I, I don't know really what the holdup there is, but that's not happening yet. That that's a pretty big. Uh, linchpin in, in kind of what this team's going to be. In more ways than one. Uh, right. Olivier Kamhua is the, the four-star power forward, I can't remember, three-star, four-star, whatever that they, they, they signed in the spring. He was kind of a late riser. Uh, in the recruiting class, they're going to need a ton of answers in the post. I think he's going to have to be one of those guys that they can rely on uh, from day one. And, and you need to know who Zach Kin is, even though he's been here for two years, you never see him do anything. Uh, and you need to see Jalen Johnson step up on the wing and do something. Those are, those are not newcomers, uh, but they're guys that need to make an impact.
0: A question from True Achilles. He starts it with, Good morning, afternoon, evening, Braves in the NLDS time, Mm. gentlemen. Mm. So, well done. Well played. Although, I don't know what baseball is. Here we go. Uh, There's uh, an image on Twitter going around showing the attrition of the Vols roster since 2015. I knew it was bad, but seeing it like that, woof. Is it easy to see why this team is in the state that it is? I was wondering your thoughts on the roster situation. How many more recruiting cycles until the ship can get corrected. Thanks, guys. Hashtag GBO. Hashtag chop on. Hashtag West. I hate the Cardinals this week, too.
1: Chop chop on indeed, first of all. Um, second of all, um, and I did this last week. I don't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but more a little bit more than half of the roster now is quote-unquote Pruitt's guys. But that's including the 2018 class where they had like a week to get some guys in. Yes. Um, I, I think you need to let him have the roster to where it's fully his guys. Guys that he's cr- recruited, guys that he's mostly his guys, yeah. And so maybe two more classes. Um, there's not a lot left from from the 16 and 17 classes, and you know, there's a few 15 guys in there, like Juwan Jennings and Daryl Taylor. But, um, you just, yeah, you, you need your upperclassmen to be guys that have been in this particular program for three, four years and have played a lot. That's what you need. That's what, you, yeah, it, it you, you know, we see freshmen at other places come in and make impacts, but a lot of those times. Those guys are stepping into programs where there's already a lot of upperclassmen, a lot of guys that have, that are experienced and, and developed, and a lot of these upperclassmen haven't been developed to this point, and a lot of them have left. I think there's only maybe 12 guys left from the 2017 class. I mean, that class was signed two years ago, so that hurts. Yeah, I mean that that's that's why they're playing so many young guys,
2: and that's the reason I think why, regardless of what the record is and what this team looks like in six weeks. Jeremy Pruitt can't be on the hot seat because you can't fire and start over. I just don't know who you'd bring in. Uh, you, you're resetting the clock and setting yourself up for that much more attrition, and you're just starting over.
1: And, and the attrition that they've had is it's not ideal. I mean, it's easy for a lot of people to say, oh, I run off Butch's guys, but you, you don't get those scholarships back. You can only bring in 25 guys. At so, a time, yes. So you may have more guys leaving, and they still may not be – they still may not naturally get up to the 85 next year just because they've had a lot of guys leave. There might be a few more that – think to, to jump in the portal and go elsewhere and so you know, if they sign short, a full class it's going to be a minute yeah, yeah long story short i would say at least two more classes
0: and the reason why i said three classes from the beginning was because it's really simple math if there's 85 scholarships and you can sign no more than 25 a year and you imagine that for whatever reason at least five of the 25 are not going to work out there's going to be some academic issues they're going to be busts there's going to be issues uh, so say 20 per class and that's maybe a best case scenario Three years, that's sixty guys. So that's still not your full roster, but that's that's enough to where that's competitive. That's why I say three years, because to me it's simple math. Question from BGO Snell one five one. You often hear, quote, they may even get to Solon Page, end quote. Can you talk about Solon Page, where he stands, and why he seems to be so far behind? I'll tell you one reason his size. He has not been able to get bigger.
1: Yeah, he's he doesn't look like an inside linebacker in a in a three four. He doesn't yep. look like the other guys that he's practicing with and he's been on the scout team basically his whole career almost looks like a safety. Um to his credit, he's stuck around. He's still he's still working hard for this program. He is. Yes, There's he a lot is. of guys that you you know, fans ask about and wonder why they haven't played, but and they're still contributing to the program somehow or another, whether it be on special teams, whether it be on the scout team, all those kind of things. But uh, he's a guy that is not in a scout team jersey anymore because he's one of like, I think the six uh scholarship inside linebackers they have right now. Uh, so yeah, he, that's he being, got, that's he being, got, that's being kind, but he yeah. got elevated from the, 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 practice squad to the active roster. Um, and he's a smart, but he's still, he, he's
0: a smart kid. He's working hard. He's, he's trying. He, he's, he's just, he's not
1: big. He's still not, I wouldn't put him, I don't think they'll play him before they play Banks or JJ Peterson. I don't know about Aaron Beasley, but he, yeah, I, he's, he, he's not that far away from having to maybe play a little bit. So they're trying to get him. JJ mentioned, ready. take a shot.
0: Yeah, there you go. Drink.
1: I'm hungry, so Tate I, I should, probably shouldn't drink right now.
0: Uh, we've only got a few more to get to. Uh, one here from Haines62. Uh, I'm going to ask a different variation of his question. He said, who would win in a fight? An army of fourth graders... Or Craig Fitzgerald and, and his staffers. So what is there six guys, six full time guys? You can how have how big on is an army? Side? That's what. That's what. Here's why I'm changing the question because I like where where his head's at here. I think here. it's
1: Fitz and four other guys.
0: So let's say that it's Fitz and four other guys. It's five guys. My question is, how many fourth graders would you have to? Would you need in order to win that fight?
1: I think you need a lot of fourth graders.
0: I mean, are we talking like like a few hundred? Are we talking a thousand? Like how many would it take? Two hundred. I mean,
2: you're you're not generating any strength with a fourth grader, but if but uh, you could have strength in numbers.
0: No, you can't. You're, you're not fo- with fourth graders. Your
1: kid, your kid, when he's a fourth grader, he'll have some strength. Well, yeah.
0: Have you seen how ants can work together? He'll get and, some of Dad's stuff. Ants can work together and pull like breadcrumbs and stuff. And yeah, they're, are, they're tiny little ants. Ant. They're ants. Ants are fully developed insects. How do insects. you know? How do you know the average age of those ants? Okay. Well,
2: have have you ever seen any? Uh, ants that are the equivalent of fourth graders team up and do something? No, you
0: haven't. Well, because it's hypothetical. I'm just wondering. I'm going to say you need... Okay, I, I drop my kid off at kindergarten every day. You
2: can take every kid in the school. You're not going to make a difference because it's chaos. But these are fourth graders. They can't assemble. They can't plan anything. They okay. can't get any strength behind anything. You might be onto something there.
0: It's all that sugar cereal that they're that they're eating. They're going to have a it's hard those, time. It's all those video games. All those, those video games. I can't say that I've still it's the play millennials. Vi- I, I play video games at, at my age. I can't complain. They all have cell phones and they're in fourth grade. Uh, question from Gaffney VFL 89 Bills at Titans minus two. Who you got? Bills Mafia. Are you saying that just uh, because you're anti What did
1: the, Titan, the Titans do last week?
2: They, they beat the Falcons, yeah, and that's why work. I think you take Bill's Mafia, because when you, the Titans when, you, handle when, success. you when you write them off, when they're the underdog, they win like at Cleveland uh, and kind of at Atlanta, and then when they have some success and you're kind of thinking, okay, maybe i take the Titans, that's kind of when they play poorly.
1: Question, who do the Titans play after this game? That I don't know.
2: Well,
0: bet the mortgage on it. While, while, while you're looking that up, I'll say this: I think that I call them the the, the Tennessee uh, 88ers because they seem to go eight and eight as much as humanly possible. So when they Ooh. do one thing well, they normally do something bad afterwards. So it's it's that's why if they win one, hey, they'll probably lose the next one.
1: Um, the Titans after the Bills play at the Broncos who I believe are winless. So I'm going to yes. take the Titans to win, and then they'll they'll stub their toe in, in the thin air.
0: And lose to, lose to Denver? <laughs> to
1: the Broncos, because that's just how the Titans roll.
0: There you go. I could see that. Uh, quick ballpark, uh, uh, Grizzlies record this season, go. Uh, 25 wins, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. 73-9. Tank, Tank one more year. Tank one more year. Uh, A couple more quickly here, guys. One's from CPA Vols. Got a question. How many board members have y'all met in person? I just met another one tonight, and it's always fun. We have a good bunch here. Yes, we do have a good bunch. I've maybe met five. I have no idea. I'm going to guess maybe in person now a lot of people that met, you are a celebrity so no people that people mind. come up people come up and say hello and they say they're members and and i i can't prove that they are or aren't in some cases sometimes i remember the screen name i say yeah you're definitely that person i would say a few dozen maybe over the years sucks for that few dozen <laughs> well we've gone no more than Hey-o. that it's probably more than that because we've gone i'd say five to ten because we've gone to speak at quarterback clubs and stuff like that and and, and alumni groups and stuff like that so probably Hey-o. more than that but not not a I I would say no more than a few dozen, but I've enjoyed just about every single one of them. If you've
2: met Wes, you've felt her pain.
0: You know our struggle. The problem
1: is, is, that probably some of those few dozen met you and now are no longer board members. <laughs> that's very,
0: that's very <laughs> true. I can't. I, I wish I could combat that. I don't know. You that Better I can. shift to the next question. A uh, question from Bleed Orange, eighteen ninety nine, gun to your head. How do you see the quarterback situation developing during the game, and what do you think the offensive game plan will be for Saturday?
1: Uh, I'll hit the quarterbacks if you want to hit the game plan, Grant. Uh, I think they'll. I think Garantano will start, and they will play Maurer.
2: Uh, game plan. I would try to establish some runs so you can maybe control the ball a little bit and build on what your offensive line uh, did at Florida based on the way Pruitt uh, bragged on them recently and take the kind of take the ball out of the hands of the quarterback, regardless of who it is. I'll
0: say, I'll say that. I think they go with Garen Tanner to start. And I do think they play Maurer and I will be incredibly disappointed if they don't take one deep shot on the first possession. Just try it. Just try Yolo. it. YOLO. You've got, you've got those receivers throw the ball downfield Give them a chance. You know what? If you throw the ball 40, 50 yards down the field and it's intercepted, guess what? That's an arm punt. You're going to be fine. Just try. You you cannot win if you don't try some of those things. So if I were them, that would be one thing that I would um, very, very, very certainly work on. We're going to get to one from social media here and then we'll get out of the way here. I I said that that we try to get at least one from social media this week. So I'm going to go ahead and get to that. We'll see who the winner is. The winner will be... Let's see here. Well, the first one is, will UT ever beat Alabama again from Gary Lloyd? We'll, we'll answer that one later. Of course they're going to. Not this year, but 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 they will. Uh, <laughs> question, can this please be a basketball-only podcast? <laughs> a little late. Soon for, enough, f- soon enough. For People that. want the hoops. Give them the hoops, guys. Uh, another question about... Um, Someone again what's the average age of George's offensive line they, they can't do it uh will folky average 29 points this year you can definitely tell the difference in the twitter questions social media questions at the ones on the board always a little bit different here we go he'll uh, average 29.1 in my heart i uh,
1: 29.1 the the by the way just an per a, month. Ex, ex,
0: excellent job there on the uh, on the reference on on the uh, the bat signal with folky last week that was really good photoshopping uh question here we'll go grant, with grant uh, is a
1: pretty good Photoshop. i don't know if you've seen some of his thankfully
0: yeah, i did it for your joker's approval and now i have that <laughs> here's a question if garantano is from uh from a vol me shaggy if uh mm. if, yeah that's it's a sexy name if jg shows absolutely no improvement saturday do you think it's necessary to start Maurer against mississippi State? yes yeah 100 yeah. yes but then you're going into alabama then i still say after alabama no, I'd say go you ahead. You need to with win that. Mississippi. You need to beat Mississippi State. Josh, Josh Dobbs big.
2: got in there against Alabama as a freshman.
0: It didn't hurt him. Well, that's because he's really smart. He's a super. He's a super genius. I don't think being smart really helps you that much against Alabama. Let's be honest. I don't think I think being smart would help you in a lot of ways. It's unfortunate that you're not. I'll never know. Thanks for tuning in this week. As always, guys, uh, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24 7 on Twitter, Patrick Browns P Brown 24 7 on Twitter, Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter, Ryan Callahan, who is not here, is Ryan Callahan 24 7 on Twitter. You can find all of us also on Facebook.com there, Facebook.com slash GoValls 24 7, Twitter.com slash GoValls 24 uh, 7. You can also go drink your water straight from the hose at www.fabric.com govols247.com the best site on Tennessee athletics period dot end of sentence end of story end of century govols247.com 30% off an annual subscription go do it right now dominate your water cooler conversation dominate it we will guarantee you that if you if you subscribe to our board and you listen to us you will be able to dominate the office water cooler even though a lot of people work from home now but whatever Pat any final thoughts? Braves.